Hey, if you're struggling to make an impact with your message, not enough people are following what you got to say, maybe it's because you're teaching too much how-to content. Well, on today's podcast, we're going to show you an alternative way, an interesting way, a more fun way to create content. Welcome to Storytelling Secrets. This is the podcast for coaches, consultants, and course creators who want to unlock their core stories and use the stories to sell more online. It's a place to master persuasion and influence so you can build a deep relationship with your audience. And it's a place where real-world marketing strategies, tips, and lessons are shared freely. If that interests you, then you're in the right place. Hi, I'm Jules Dan, and I've battled my way from being a broke group fitness instructor to a full-time, in-demand, freelance email copywriter. Now, I'm ready to get to work. Follow along on my journey as I share my everyday hard-won lessons. I'm Jules Dan, and this is Storytelling Secrets. Hello, hey, this is Jules Dan here. Welcome back to Storytelling Secrets. Super pumped you're here with me today. Now, I've got a special guest today. His name's Brandon Lucero. Uh, you may have heard him before. If you're a fan of James Wedmore, then you may have heard of uh, of Brandon, you'll hear his story coming up in the podcast, but he's also the host of the New Generation Entrepreneur podcast, and uh, he's also the founder of the Forex Effect, which we're going to talk about more in the podcast. Um, but yeah, Br- Brandon's done, you know, like he, like lots of millions of dollars in revenue, he's a six, seven figure business owner, um, and he's really perfected the art of using the right message in your content that's that goes beyond how to right it, it really nails how do we speak to people whether how do we overcome beliefs how do we see the idea that there's something for sale without even selling in our content pretty cool right so without further ado i'm going to get into today's podcast guest and also i've got a new outro so uh if you stick around to the end of the episode you're going to hear that new outro other than that thank you for listening here's the interview G'day, hey, this is Jules Dan here from Storytelling Secrets. I'm joined by Brandon Lucero and uh, Brandon, so, so happy for you to join me today. How are you going today? I'm doing great. Uh, Thanks for having me on. I'm glad to be here. Brandon, now, before we started talking on this, I was really excited because you you mentioned that you wanted to step away from how-to information. We want to be focusing on what you're good at is the messaging. Before we get, so I just wanted to pre-frame that to get the audience excited, but I wanted to hear a little bit about your backstory and um, what are you focusing on right now in your business? Yeah, what we focus on right now is really, it's, I I call it messaging. Um, For If you don't understand what that is, it's essentially content. We help a lot of entrepreneurs create content, but the biggest problem is that most people just go right into content and they're just like, I'm going to create content. And they don't realize content is nothing more than the vehicle that delivers the, uh, the message. And so we focus on messaging, which is communication. How do you speak so you can pull people in? How do you create content that pulls people in? And we help people dial that in. And one of the problems that we really help people with is helping them fix uh, what's keeping them or stuck or causing them to blend in, which usually is how to educational tutorial based content over and over and over again. However, when we look at people like Gary Vaynerchuk or Simon Sinek, they're never doing tutorials. It's never like here's step one, here's step two, but that's like the number one thing that most people do. And, and so we help people fix that. Like what are they doing? And then how do you incorporate that yourself? And so uh, that's what we're, currently doing right now nice and can i hear i want to follow up on that because i've read a whole bunch of notes but yeah. can i hear a little bit because i saw your your video on youtube that you know that first video that auto plays 
Could, yeah. It's a really good story. Could you tell my audience a little bit about um, how you got to where you are today, please? Yeah. So, uh, well, to, to kind of give the context of where we are today is we're a, a multiple seven figure business, um, probably be around $3 million, $4 million this year. And it took us a long time to get here. So uh, I've been in business since 2011, so almost 10 years. And I would say the last three is when I finally found like our groove. Uh, so basically right around 2011, I was working for my dad, going to video production company. And uh, I had to drop out of school and because I was diagnosed with Lyme disease. And so I dropped out of school, started working for my dad, his company was doing great. But then all of our clients or his clients um, took all the work they were subbing out to us. They took it in-house. And so like almost overnight, business dried up. And um, that led me to having no job with no college degree, knowing that I wanted to be a business owner, but I had no money. I had nothing saved. And so my wife was supporting us, was working out the garage. And eventually we had to move in with her parents because we couldn't even afford rent. And so... Um, I mean, I tried everything. I was learning how to like SEO websites, build websites, just doing anything and everything I could to like, just make 50 bucks, you know, just yeah. building websites on Craigslist for like $50 just to pay the bills. And um, started doing that. And then I just fell back into what I thought I knew, which was video. I'm like, oh, I worked at my dad's company. They did pretty well for a while. Maybe I can do something similar. And then I started a website called uh, soldwithvideo.com. And what we were doing was, selling real estate videos to real estate agents like um, they could upload pictures and videos of their listings submit it to our website and within 48 hours we would have a video back to them with a voiceover music and all the photos and stuff with the like a listing video yeah. uh, and it was great like i had a website they could buy and submit everything through the website and then it got automatically sent out to a virtual team that would build the videos and we had a back-end system coded out where they could, everything was like hands off. I didn't have to do anything. We had quality control people in there. Uh, the only problem was, was that I didn't make any sales. So I went and developed this huge website and did all this stuff and yeah. made no money. And like, I just want to make 10 grand a month. That's like, that's all I want to do. Just 10 grand a month. If I could just do that, everything would be great. Then I'll be happy. Uh, yeah, I'd be happy. But what ended up happening with that was that no one bought anything. And then I started getting requests for like video SEO. Like how do we get our videos to come up in the Google? Cause right then it's like when that's when all the YouTube stuff was happening and people's like videos were getting ranked in Google search engines. And yeah. what, what, uh, what year was this for me context? Uh, I believe it was like 2012, somewhere okay. around there. Early YouTube between, days. Yeah. Between 11 and 12, somewhere in there. Yeah. And, uh, and I got really good at, at, at um, ranking videos. And so I, cause I knew the SEO from, you know, trying to rank people's websites for 50 bucks. I learned, I just applied it to the YouTube videos and it worked amazingly. And uh, I started selling that as a service and I finally started to get some traction. So I was selling to local businesses. I was selling a lot of video packages, mm -hmm. video SEO, uh, stuff like that. But I had a problem, like the business was doing okay. I had a lot of sales and customers, but I was making no money. And right around that time, I met a guy named James Wedmore and yep. he was essentially teaching YouTube SEO the same time I was. And uh, he was teaching it in the form of a course. I was actually doing it for people. And we just kind of met up at a coffee shop. I sent him a message and we met up and he's like, oh, it's so weird. Like people, people are asking me for what you do. Like I teach it, but I don't offer it as a service. They're asking me, how do I sell this as a service? Do you want to team up and create a product? 
And I said, uh, yeah, let's do that. And yeah. so right around that moment, James was pretty well known. Um, and yes. he, was, he was like partnered with Lewis Howes on a product. And That's right. uh, I was like, yeah, let's, let's, let's go ahead and do it. And he's like, well, you got to get your business to, I think he said $10,000 a month. And I was at maybe five or something like that. And uh, within six months, I had it to 14 grand a month. He told me, he's like, your nice. business model is broken. He's like, you have a lot of customers, but no money. He's like, raise your prices, quit doing one-time purchases and do a reoccurring model. And I did, took that advice and it changed everything for us. And then uh, we created a program called Local Video Academy, which uh, went on to do two or three million of dollars worth of sales over like three and a half years. And uh, I kind of learned this whole launching game. And, but the thing is, is like, I didn't want to teach local business. I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm the type of person like, I just like, I, there's something deeper in the work that I want to do. It's not mm -hmm. like, I don't want to teach people video for the rest of my life. Like there's something, I, just, I don't know. I just felt it internally. Like there was something else I wanted to do. And um, James and I put that product to rest and I just kept selling like YouTube and Facebook and courses and all this stuff. And I mean, we were doing fine. We were like $500,000 a year in business. Yeah. And like on paper, you know, you look at that and you go like, I made it, I did it surpassed that $10,000 a month that I wanted to do, you know? And, um, I was still just kind of like, this isn't, this isn't it. Like I, I'm working seven days a week. I'm working from morning to night. I don't have the freedom that I wanted. I resent the questions that I'm getting in our Facebook group because I'm like, I don't want to answer questions about Facebook ads anymore. I don't want to answer questions about like the YouTube algorithm. Like either this just isn't what I want to do. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I, I just stopped doing it all, all of it. I just didn't want to do it anymore. And, um, most people look at that and go like, well, that's crazy. It's like you're making $500,000 a year. We finally moved out of our in-laws house. We were in our own place mm -hmm. and uh, I just got rid of it. And so within three months, um, I went into a failed launch and got hit with higher taxes and found myself about $40,000 in debt um, three months later, which is, that's like, that messes with your head. You know, it's like $500,000 a year to $40,000 in in debt. Oh yeah. And, uh, Especially if your, of, your lifestyle was at 500k as well, I imagine. Well, that was part of the problem. It was a great learning lesson um, because I didn't really manage the money that well. Mm. And a lot of it actually went to business partners. And so I was really partnered with some people on some products as well. Mm -hmm. And um, the lifestyle didn't change because I didn't tell my wife. I didn't tell my wife that we were, you know, like I, I was not selling this stuff anymore and wanted to completely change. I'm like, and I didn't know, we, tell her we were in debt. So that's part of the problem. I should have like had that communication but at the same time she's a stay-at-home wife I, I didn't want her to worry I knew I'd get myself out of the, the problem and so about three months later just sitting in my office just wondering what to do and my wife told me later she's like I knew something was up because you were walking around pacing back in the backyard for like three months and you weren't mm -hmm. working so like she's like I'm not stupid I knew like <laughs> you were like in a pivot or something and um so it, I just sitting there and then one day this idea came to me it's like here's what what to do and uh, I got the pillars of this methodology laid out and it's called the video 4x effect. And it's about, yes, it's still about video, but it's more about the messaging, how to stand out because you stand for something, how to communicate uh, in a way and create content in a way where you're ending suffering for people. And I mapped it all out on a blackboard, hired someone, even though I didn't have any money, hired them anyways, to be like a project manager. And we launched this thing as a, a course, a, a, a service and a coaching program. Yeah. All at the same time, nothing created. I just launched as a beta to my, my existing list. And um, I think we did like $30,000. And then 
we launched it again. We did like 50 and we did it again. Then we did like 400. And then within nine mm -hmm. months between the service, the coaching program and the course, we had done like $1.2 million in sales with, with yeah. it. That, that's, so, oh yeah, sorry, yeah. continue. Is there, a, is there a say, more? I was gonna say, well, we dug, dug myself out of, out of the hole and yep. um, we've just been scaling ever since. Okay. That's, that's a really interesting story. How you change paths from what wasn't fulfilling to what was. And right. so what was it about the, you know, helping people with the messaging versus being the, the SEO algorithm dude, do you know what that was for you? Like, what's that real? Why? Um, like what, what was the difference? Like what, what, like why there was such a, a shift. Yeah, so like you were really motivated to to switch to something like messaging, which impacts a lot of people. But I would think that would impact a lot of people. Whereas teaching someone YouTube algorithm maybe doesn't have that same impact. Is it? Um, is that? How can you change? Is it yeah. why you change directions? Yeah, it just wasn't like I knew when I started to resent the people that were paying me money for asking me questions that they should have been, that they were allowed or should have been asking. Like this is a pro like this is a problem. There's a big disconnect. If you're literally like the people that are paying you, you're paying you money, are trying to fulfill on the thing they bought you, and you don't want to fulfill on that. Like that's a problem. And so I just had to like sit down and go like I just didn't want to talk about. It. I didn't want to have to like research algorithm updates and all of this stuff anymore. And like it just wasn't. I don't know. It just to me it just wasn't meaningful. I couldn't find meaning in it. And I'm just a big believer too that everyone has purpose. There's a purpose for everyone here, but I also believe that purpose shifts and it changes. Like when I was five years old, my purpose in that moment wasn't the same purpose that I have today. And I think my purpose was starting to shift. I was starting to pivot. I was, you know, finding a different North star to go to. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't take any of it back because the one thing I've learned through all of this is that every hard time and struggle and thing that you go through is literally a blessing, a gift, and it's leaving you with an amazing lesson that you need in order to get to the next level. And I think at that point, I had learned the lessons I needed to learn. And little did I know, I was about to go through a major one that I still needed to, to learn. And then once I did that, it just whoosh, took me to right where I needed to go. And, and that's what I call alignment. I, I call like, you know, when people say, oh, you just need to get aligned. Like, what the heck does that even mean? it means to just listening to your heart in that moment and getting super present of what actually lights you up mm -hmm. and not letting the external world stop you from moving forward on that. And I think a lot of people get stuck there. They let the external world of, I have bills to pay. I shouldn't be doing this. I went to school to get this degree. So that means that's what I have to do for the rest of my life. And yeah. it leads to a lot of unhappiness. I'm like, I don't want that for my life. So I just took the plunge and went for it. Nice. Well, as it sounds yeah. like being aligned with what you want to do in your purpose I want to talk about the pillars of your Forex effect. Is that one of them or um, I'd be curious to unpack that a little bit more. Yeah. So when it started, it, the, the Forex effect was like, uh, it was the, the promise was, I'm going to show you how to get video working inside of your business. Mm -hmm. And then with it, the three year period, three and a half year period, it shifted into basically mostly about messaging. So right now we're kind of like in the pivot of going from video to full on messaging. So there's still a little bit of the video side in there, but basically what it is, is number one is you have to have the impact and revenue goals figured out inside of your business. And then from there we get to backtrack, like, okay, what are the action steps? How do we monetize if your content's effective or not? What are the KPIs gonna be? But we can't figure any of that out unless you know 
how you want to impact people and then how you want to make money. Number two is impactful messaging. And this is really becoming the biggest part of the program, but this is everything from like communication styles, uh, language patterns, talking and communicating in the way the, the subconscious mind processes information, which is, it's huge. Most people don't do that. So it's everything of like understanding what you want to stand for in your business. What are your values? What are your identities? What are your beliefs? What are the beliefs of your audience? And then configuring content that takes all of that into, into, uh, into account yeah. and then being able to integrate stuff to attract the right people, but also shift perspective. Yeah. It sounds um, like it's got, sorry to interrupt, but it sounds, is this, correct me if I'm wrong. It sounds like a little bit of personal branding intertwined with your messaging. Is that correct? A little bit. Yeah. When, but when I say, when, when I hear personal branding, what that means to us is really in incorporating your values, um, identities and beliefs really mm -hmm. heavily into your content. Yeah. And honestly, it's, it's one of the fastest ways to attract exactly who you want. Like if I was a father, and an entrepreneur, those are two identities, right? So if I had a membership where I was like helping and coaching father entrepreneurs and I created a piece of content that said, fathers tend to make the best entrepreneurs and then had a message that supported that title. Yeah. Well, the per people that are gonna agree with that most likely are gonna be fathers and entrepreneurs. And it might be a little polarizing, it might stand out. There's gonna be people that disagree with it, but it will pull in the exact person that I need and I'm standing for something. And, you know, like, again, we look at Gary Vaynerchuk. He's like a perfect example of someone who does that. And so we talk a lot about that inside the impactful messaging pillar. Mm -hmm. That's a, that's number two. Is there a third one? Oh yeah. Third one. Uh, third one is um, uh, synergistic strategy. So it's about not just being on one platform, but having a multiple pronged approach. So like, for example, if I wanted to be on YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, it would make sense for me every time I release a new piece of content to put it on Facebook, email my list to go watch that video on YouTube because that's going to help the algorithm, mm -hmm. but also taking little clips of that video or quotes from the video and putting it on like Facebook and Instagram that now direct back to the YouTube video. So we're kind of creating like this synergistic strategy. And that's just one example of a strategy you can use, but it's about using multiple platforms with one piece of content. So you're kind of everywhere, but they all play together. So you're not having like individual efforts on, yeah. on each platform. And then the last one is um, we call it hands-off for the entrepreneur. So it's how do you set up workflows and systems and processes so that you literally are not creating or posting any of your content. All of that can be systemized. And so we have a process now where we will record 20 videos in a day, we upload it to Dropbox and then our system goes to work and spits out hundreds of pieces of content and then gets posted without it requiring any of my time. So I show up for film day, gets run through the system, yep. everything gets posted. And that way me as the entrepreneur and the thought leader, I can just focus all of my time on creating content, working with the students and, and all of that stuff. So that's, those are the four pillars. Yes. So we've got, uh, I believe this is what I've got. Number one is impact and revenue goal. Number two is impactful messaging. And that's like your comm style language patterns. Number three is your synergistic strategy. So like we we're just talking about, so how are you going to repurpose that piece of content and then proliferate it all over social media and different uh how you can drive traffic to it that sort of thing last one is hands off for entrepreneurs i like that so how can you make yeah. it as easy as creating that piece of content putting in a dropbox and the system takes care of itself it sounds really cool and before at the start how you were saying 
you know, Simon Sinek or, or Gary Vee, they don't necessarily do how-to content. So when you create those 20 videos, what are you doing so you don't sound like everyone else? Like, hey guys, this is step one, step two, step three. Like, how do you make that impactful messaging? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, we focus on three different areas of content. So we still use how-to and educational content. Um, that is one of the, the way, types of content we do, but we actually have a couple different ways that we recommend people do it. Uh, number one is, is to, yes, do the tutorials, but don't just get up there and, and spit out information. Just be like, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three. It's really about shifting their perspective. So anytime we go to teach a step, we really say like, here's what the step's gonna be. Here's what most people do. And we kind of list out what the mistakes most people do. And what that does is it gets the audience member to self-identify, okay, this is going to apply to me. And then we talk about the benefits of what happens when you fix that mistake. So now we're like creating desire and demand. Um, And then we teach the step. And what we find is that sometimes if you just give someone the information, they, they're not, I guess the better way to say it is they're not experiencing a problem because they're missing a lack of information. They're usually, and not, that's not all the time, but they're usually not seeing the result because of something they're doing or a belief system that they have. So if you can teach while removing those things, it's yeah, far more it's effective. Powerful. So that's why we go through the mistakes. We're like, mistake, mistake, mistake. Then here's the step. So it's like, stop doing this, then do this. And so when we do tutorials, that's the process we go through. Yeah. Um, another example would be, uh, which you'll love is, is story. So we do talk mm-hmm. about using story instead of content. Like if you have a story with a, an amazing lesson, then you should be telling the story to give people the lesson or the information. Um, Cause as you know, it's way more engaging, um, way more powerful. And it's a great form of educational content. And then another way to do educational content is perspective shifting content, which Simon Sinek's very good at. He's very good at knowing, hey, here's what someone is doing that's causing a problem, but they think is normal. I'm gonna start here and I'm gonna use either patterns, counterexamples, story to move them to see it in this way. And there are frameworks that we have in order to do that, but we call that perspective shifting, like educational content. And those are, those three make up one area called how to educational. The next area of content that we focus on is what I call connection content. Mm -hmm. This is building rapport, trust and authority. Um, When you look at these, most people will identify this as motivational, inspirational videos but they're the farthest thing from motivational or not. I mean, they might be motivational, inspirational, but that's not the intention. Yeah. The intention is to stand up for what you believe. And this is you integrating your beliefs, the things that you want to see in the world that are related to your business. And you build rapport with your audience because of a shared belief. So for example, I talk a lot about how entrepreneurship, entrepreneurs create the most amount of change in the world. I talk about how the world is changing and not every kid needs to go to college anymore. And you can make your own money doing easy, cool things like podcasts, YouTube channels. I talk a lot about that, which has nothing to do with messaging or what I sell, but has everything to do with connecting with the person who will buy that stuff. So when we talk about that, it seems very motivational, inspirational. It's where people go like, yes, like hands raised, give me high five. I love that. So we need that element of content as well. And then the third one is what I call thought reversals. Thought reversals are super polarizing. 
they're curiosity driven, and these are how we end suffering in people's lives. So if we can identify, here's a limiting belief, or here's an, an industry norm that our audience believes to be true, but is actually causing their problem, well, we get to thought reversal to those, and we have a framework on how to do it. So what do we do is we identify, here's a belief they have, let's dismantle that belief. Once the belief is dismantled, let's bring them to a better solution. So, uh, and I've actually been using it on this podcast episode. So if I created a piece of content that said, how-to content is the worst way to build an audience online, mm-hmm. we know that that is a common belief. Like most entre- online entrepreneurs believe that to be true. So just put the title, that's already super polarizing. I'm gonna get eyeballs on that piece of content. So I would open up with that as the first line. I would say, how-to content is the worst way to build an audience online. I would take a step back and be a little compassionate. And I would say something like, I understand why you think that everyone and their mom tells you to do how-to content. And then I get to the discredit. I would say, look at Gary Vaynerchuk through fashion. Anyone has, and probably ever will, doesn't use a single traditional how-to tutorial based video. And in that moment, people go like, whoa, he doesn't. And then we go, so what does Gary do? Well, he does thought reversals. He uses this. And I could lead them any direction I want at that point. But the reason why it's so effective is because if someone has a belief, it's their reality and we get to shift their reality so that they stop suffering. Because I believe that to be true. I believe that too many people focus on how-to content all the time and it actually keeps them stuck because they blend in. They start saying the same thing as all all the experts. So we need all three, thought reversals, connection, and and how-to educational. I think I I find, personally, I find thought reversal really powerful because so many people are stuck in their own ways and, and like you I like what you said like you use a provocative hook that's the opposite of what they believe um and that's to get them right. intrigued get their attention and then you try and relate it to something that's known to your way of thinking and I think that's really powerful so I'm guessing when you're going through this everyone has to find that what's you know what's that relatable thing that everyone can understand then I can you know cross that bridge with them is that correct yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a there's a process and exercise we take people through um, to find out what those limiting beliefs are and those industry norms. And sometimes it takes some trial and error, like it takes testing and tweaking and seeing what's going to hit. But if you can find those things, like a, a, one easy way to do it is just look like find ten of your competitors and like look at what are they teaching and just create a list. And then you go through everything they're teaching and you just say, okay is there something wrong with this? Does this lead to a problem? Do I believe that this is the right way or is there a better way? And then if you can, and sometimes you can't find anything, but every once in a while, you'll find a couple that you're just like, okay, great. Let me, let me test this. And then you, you go and you test the, the way to communicate it. So for example, if um, my message was like, I'm going to use my son, for example, I said, Hey, Will, I want you to go clean your room. Like that was my message, clean your room. I could say, Hey, William, go clean your room right now and do it because I'm, I'm your dad. He may or may not do it. But if I said, Hey, William, Superman can clean his room in five minutes. Can you beat Superman? He's way more likely to go do it with that communication style than the first one. The overall message is the same. Communication styles are different. So what we tell people is even though you have identified an industry norm, we have to figure out the right way to communicate it that, so that it's really going to land. And sometimes it takes testing with content podcasts, quotes, whatever. And you'll start to find which way really works. Once you find that, 
selling becomes a lot easier because now you can create entire funnels off of that. Like I could technically go out there and create a funnel. It's like how to scale your audience 10 times faster than everyone else using how-to content or how to grow three times faster without using how-to content. And we do that. Like we, we realize that that thought reversal does really well for us. So all of our launches and our funnels are actually leading with that angle all the way through because we've already tested it and we know it works really well. Mm. And then when you bring someone in a funnel and you incorporate like the connection and the how-to, you get this like trifecta where the, the rapport is built, the know, like, and trust is built, the authority is built, the thought leadership, all of it is built before you even pitch anything. And so you start, what happens is you start to create demand for what you sell before they know anything's for sale. And that's the beauty of like, I call it your messaging ecosystem. Yeah. You have all three of these elements. It's like this effect that, that is just, I mean, it's, it's, um, I mean, it's just really powerful. Yeah. Well, those three things, it's really interesting how you said you, you get them excited before the thing's even ready. Like you're getting anti- you're putting that anticipation beforehand. So you've got the perspective shifting, you've got the connection and the thought reversal. We, I'm shifting gears a little bit, but is that something you would use to yeah. in say like a pre-launch phase, not necessarily like content out on the socials, but internally into your list? Are those the sort of pieces of content you'd focus on to, to get, to get people ready for that actual launch? Yeah. So we, um, well, we use, yeah, the answer is yes, but we also use it throughout the entire funnel. Mm-hmm. So like I will one day maybe post a connection content and then I might post a thought reversal the next week and then a how to the next, the following week. I really look at the top of funnel, like your content as a messaging ecosystem. Someone needs to enter that ecosystem and sit there for a while to experience all three. But then when they finally move to the next phase with you. So they opt in for something, they go through a funnel. You still want to incorporate all three of those elements all the way through. The only difference is the only thing that I I didn't mention yet is that what we sell, we call it your unique service or your unique method or your unique solution. So for me, it's the video forex effect. It's like my proprietary like methodology. And what we do inside the content is anytime I'm doing a how-to or educational piece of content, I'm always saying things like, well, this is pillar number two of the video 4X effect, or this is part of pillar number one, part of pillar number three. And as I start to do that, people Mm -hmm. start to go like, wow, I really love this video 4X methodology. It makes so much sense. Well, the thing is, is that's what I sell. My program is called the video 4X effect. So when we can incorporate our methodology into our content, essentially what we're doing is we're talking about our offer. We're talking about our product without anyone realizing we're talking about our product or our yeah. offer. So yeah. what starts to happen is we create demand for our offer inside of our content and in our funnels. So what will happen with us is like, we get people all the time DMing us, like, how do I get the video forex effect? Where do I enroll? Where, like, how do I work with you? Cause I want to incorporate this, but that's because we, we hit all the sales elements that you need to hit before we ever even make an offer to anybody. And that's what I love about this is, is like we're adding value by giving them information and taking away beliefs that are causing suffering. We're standing up for what we believe in, but we're also creating demand for what we sell yeah. all at the same time. Yeah. You're so dropping seeds along the it way. It works out really well. I was just saying right. like, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're like slowly planting seeds, um, breaking down beliefs, creating that anticipation, people feeling like, oh, gosh, I want this. And then they're like, how do I get this? And I checked it out and you got a wait list. So you have to wait even longer. So, oh. 
clever, clever. Yeah, exactly. Hey, hey, hey um, I want to ask yeah. you a few more personal questions now, um, if that's okay with you. Yeah. So I'm curious, tell me a little bit, what's the vision for Brandon in the next six months? Where do you want to go? Uh, I think the next six months, we just want to start scaling out what we're doing a little bit more. Um, like we would just want to do it on a bigger scale. We have also need to rebrand and redo everything that we're doing. So like, like I mentioned earlier, we were um, uh, started off the video Forex started off as like, Hey, I'm going to help you fix video inside of your business. And it very much is like, now we're going to fix your messaging inside of your business. So we actually need to like move the course into that direction. So that'll probably put us, um, you know, it within the next six months. And then after that, I think, uh, scaling at our podcast. Like I know messaging is my purpose in this moment, but, um, I really have, I really want to create like a school for kids, like an entrepreneurship for school for kids or, or something like that. Um, for the next generation, the new generation coming up, I think we need to like reteach them how to like be successful in the future because the way it's been done for the last 50 yeah. years, not going to be the same. Yes. I was going to say like, is that cause you were a bit dissatisfied with the way school is taught these days? Well, it's not that I'm dissatisfied with it. it. I just feel like I see the future so much different than society. And I'm sure a lot of list, your listeners and entrepreneurs are the same where we're just kind of like, look, the way they told us to be successful the last 50 years, it's, it's not relevant anymore. Yeah, and you see changed. a lot of people coming out of school and they're like $100,000 in debt with something that doesn't give them an edge anymore. And usually they don't even use their degree for what they do. And so I'm just kind of like looking at this and I'm like, how is everyone else not seeing this? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, how is, how's everyone else not seeing this? And so, uh, it's something that I really want to, especially now that I have three kids, I'm like, okay, I really, we really need to like open up this conversation. And that's kind of, I would say next three years is where my focus is going to start going. Okay. Awesome. So I've got that. So you focus on scaling out the biz and the podcast and hopefully that's school. What's that thing that you personally need to focus on that, that scares you a little bit to overcome any obstacle that might come in your way? Um, I think for me, it's um, part of, okay. So part of um, what I want to do, like the podcast and showing people like, Hey, there's other ways to be successful. Yeah. So those are your goals. Leading by example. Oh, sorry. Continue. I just cut you off. Okay. And, and, um, what I want to start doing is opening up more businesses. So I want to start opening up like coffee shops and other local based businesses and non-online businesses, and just really lead by example of like, okay, here's what we're doing. Here's how we're doing it. Here's what we're doing online. And that, that kind of scares me because it's a big money investment, but it also means me stepping away from the online business and trusting the team a lot more to handle a lot of things that I would normally be doing. So that scares me a little bit. Have you, but I'm curious, like you, you know, the trust in other people, is that because you've just come from a, you know, because, because you said before, like you put the, the videos in a file and the system takes care of itself and you trusted that system. Like how come, how come this is a little bit more different than putting faith in I think it's, that side? I think it's just higher, much higher level. Like I'm pretty removed from the business right now, but it's, but it's much more higher level. And to me, those are easy to like let go of. It was like easy of like, okay, cool. Yeah, you go edit the video. And as long as it's like 70% perfect, we're good. Yeah. But when we start getting higher level, the, uh, the mistakes start costing a lot more as well. So I'm, I'm always a big believer in let them make mistakes because they'll learn. 
but also when it's like higher stakes, when you're dealing with like millions of dollars and then higher level decisions, it's like, okay, cool. I, I still want to trust them to make a mistake, but now this mistake's costing me $15,000 instead of like a, a video that costs us 200. So it's, it just, the stakes are a lot higher, I think is the big reason why. Okay. Uh, so you feel like there's, okay, more at stake, potentially more pressure. Um, obviously you don't want to make a mistake along the way. Is that the sound about right? Well, I don't, I'm okay making mistakes. I just don't want to lose money. Yes, yeah, <laughs> fair enough. Or like, like a lot of those big money mistakes added up could be could be a lot, you know. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, we've learned, we've we've covered so much. I've got a full page of notes here. Um, Brandon, where's obviously uh, I love if you could maybe talk about forex effect if you could go for it because I know you got a launch coming up. You, t- you spoke to me about before the call. Um, yep. and then more than welcome to plug where people can find you as well. Cool. Yeah. So we had, do have a launch of the video Forex coming up in August. I'm not sure when this is airing, but August of 2021, you can just go to um, brandonlucero.com or videoforexeffect.com and just get on the wait list and uh, get on our email list. So you get all the info when that comes out. Or if you just love what we talked about today, we talk a lot about messaging and subconscious communication and just entrepreneurship in general on our podcast called the new generation entrepreneur. And then uh, the last and final place would probably be Instagram. And you can just go to I am Brandon Lucero. Uh, that's our handle. And we're posting content pretty much every day over there as well. Awesome. And the good news is this podcast will be going live in July. So people will get a chance to check out your launch. Perfect. Amazing. I love that. Awesome. Brandon, thanks so much for coming on to Storytelling Secrets today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. It was great. Hey, this is Jules here. Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end of the podcast. I really appreciate it. So if you want to go check out my guests' freebie, what they spoke about, learn a little bit more about them, maybe they've got an event they spoke about on the podcast, you're going to find all the information below in the podcast notes. And on top of that, if you really enjoyed the podcast, if you absolutely loved Storytelling Secrets, I'd really appreciate it if you go leave a review on iTunes. It helps get the podcast out to more people and uh, I'd be really, really grateful. On top of that, if you leave a review, a written review, I'd be more than happy to read it out on air. So you're more than welcome to drop a note, say hello to a friend, promote your business, whatever. The mic is yours, so to speak. So other than that, thank you so much for listening. Go leave a review and I'll see you next time on the podcast.